Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, hosted by Ed Ed, Mike, and myself, Steve. Um, there was so much going on. Um, I was going to try and take a quick vote on the Gates versus McCarthy controversy. Should we debate and <laughs> vote or vote and then debate? Well, don't we have to, you know, vote to see what, uh, you know, see what the debate's going to be? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Last week, we were talking about, about Bill Gates. This week, we're talking about the other Gates. <laughs> Am I the only one who hears the fire alarm going off? I do not hear a fire alarm. <laughs> All right. Well, must be only me then. That was a better joke, Steve. Somebody's trying to push off our vote. At least it's not the, uh, you know, low battery on that. <laughs> Somebody talked about that. Okay, should we talk about McCarthy Gates before we get to fire alarm gate door slash gate? Sure. I I am uh, to oversimplify. Happy that McCarthy is gone. I don't know if you guys are going to agree. I mean, I don't care that he's gone, and I don't think it makes a hell of a beans of difference. Um, I just. I don't I don't think it was the right move by Gates. I mean, I just I mean, listen, did he probably break some of the uh, terms of the agreement that they only had? Yeah. But you know what? You got to pick and choose your battles. And I can't help but feel that this was somewhat personal on Gates's part. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I was uh, listening to Mark Levin go off on Gates last night. He wasn't on board with him. I'll tell you that much. He, he ran down the whole list. I mean, they were talking about, oh, they want, you know, regular order. I mean, I've been a champion of regular order. But when I started listening to some of the information and the fact that the Republicans have a very slim majority, they easily could have ended up with 12 huge bloated bills if they had gone through regular order. Um, so, I mean, and the other part of it, too, is what are we replacing it with? I mean... Okay, Mike, I'm going to interrupt you while I'm still having a thought. Number one, Mark Levin is probably establishment. Number two, the only power that the Republicans have, having one third of the government, was the ability to shut it down if they keep spending money like a bunch of drunken sailors. Since McCarthy let them do that several times, they are finally exercising that power. They said, if you're not going to do that, we're not going forward. I think that's good. What are we gaining think, from it? Well, so far, Jim Jordan, Scalise are both in it. Um, and I've said a million times, anytime any incumbent loses anything, it puts everybody else on notice. And I think for that alone, it's good. So now Newt Gingrich is going nuts, calling it treason. I guess it means treason against the speakership. I, I think in a way it's going to split some of the establishment guys against the anti-establishment guys. What did McCarthy do for the country? He spent money. What did they try to stop? Spending money. So what did he do? I think it had more had to do with him breaking his promises when they elected him speaker. And, um, you know, Voltaire once said about the English that every once in a while you have to hang an admiral to encourage the others. And I think this is the admiral that just um, got hung to encourage the others. And uh, I, I I support it. I, I know that whoever gets the position is not going to uh, 
do a great job because there's no one in the Republican Party who can do a great job. But I, I, I think, wanna, you know, every once in a while, you got to hang an arrow. And so that's what they did. I want to answer Ed, Mike. But, but first, I want to say that I think it's a great thing that they got rid of him. I think that this notion of romanticizing McCarthy, even if he's somewhat stuck to the plan, he's a traitor. He's the one who's the enemy. I have no sympathy for him. I don't I don't shed a tear about him him leaving. As far as who could replace him, there is one person that would replace him perfectly, and that would be Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm serious. In the same way that putting that the Democrats putting Eric Swalwell on the on the intelligence committee, putting Trump in the speakership would be a way to give a middle finger to the Democrat Party. It would be a way for the Republican Party to say and do something about all these cases against Trump. I mean, there's not a lot they can do. It's not like they can go and hang the judges. It's not like they can go and stop the judges, but they can go and make him speaker and give him a national platform. And I think that would be the best outcome from this. And having Trump every day on, on MSNBC and CNN and all these other uh, outlets reminding them of how corrupt and evil they are would be the best <laughs> reward we could have. Donald J. Trump for speaker. Uh, well, I, I don't think he wants it, whether he says it or not, because that would require work and not just uh, brown nosing all day. I don't think it would play enough to his narcissism. I don't think he has the discipline for it. Um, yes, there would be some interesting fun in it, but I can't imagine him doing that job. No, no, he would be terrible. I mean, it, it, it would it would it would be just more clown world. But it certainly would be terrible. In what way? He would he would bog things down and get them that they can't do anything. Bravo. <laughs> yeah, that, I tell you that that's the one thing that's out there in the media about. Oh, things are going to be paralyzed. When I hear that, I'm like, yeah, it's good. yes, that, well, that, that's good news. That's good. That's a good thing. I'm right? sorry, the, the, the less they do, be the better. Chaos. So there'll be chaos. So what? what is the downside of the Republicans sticking a middle finger in the air to the Democrats and making Trump speaker? What's the downside? Well, I mean, obviously, the downside would be that uh, they would lose both the Senate and the House by, you know, double digit margins in the 2024 election, probably lose the presidency as well. So, I, I mean, that's the necessarily. Downside. I mean, if anything, if Trump does things to discredit himself, it's going to make him lose the Republican primary. I mean, and in fact, if you don't like Trump, and I'm not a Trump guy right now, the one thing I want, I want him to open his mouth. I want him to stand up. And you know what? If he does a good job and surprises me, just like he did in 2017 and 18 and 19, I'll be the first one cheering behind him. But if he screws up, well, right now, what is he doing? He's hiding behind a keyboard. And he's not exposing himself to his opponents, allowing himself to be attacked. So let him go and, and speak. Let him. I mean, that's the whole point of a, of a primary is to show who can be the best person and test them under fire. If he can't handle the pressure, great. Let's let's see it. And if he's learned something from 2020, let's see that, too. I, I, I see no almost no downside to it. I mean, I'll tell you the one downside that I see is that it potentially silences all the other Republicans running for president and gives this other guy 
it, it makes them look like they're all getting behind Trump. But I, I don't think so. And, and you know what? That's on DeSantis and Vivek and, and Haley and all the rest of them. Speak up, make your case, stop being a wuss and, and, and go forward. I mean, I, I think it's a, a win-win, a no-brainer for the Republicans. And the Republicans this are the best no-brainers that there are. <laughs> you don't think uh, Trump <laughs> would do it, right? I don't think what? You don't think Trump would do it, do you? Oh, of course he would. I mean, if Matt Gates gets up there and starts telling him he's the greatest thing since sliced bread and Marjorie Taylor Greene gets up and says, we can't go forward without you, Mr. Trump, how's he going to say no? I, I don't know. I, I'm speechless. Go for I'm it. Speechless. I, 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 the American public has been trained through decades of propaganda that when the government, quote unquote, shuts down, you know, when they take all the things like <laughs> World War II uh, Memorial in, in Washington, D.C., which is open air and thus shouldn't have to shut down. And when they shut that down due to a, a budget, you know, not being passed, um, the, the American public reflexively blames Republicans. And uh, I think what we would end up seeing in the next election is uh, 60 Democratic senators and 275 Democratic House members and and a uh, Democratic president, and then you you'll think this middle finger wasn't such a good idea after all. Uh, we, you know what we need is broken, divided government, which is kind of what we have now. What we we uh, you know doing something like putting the Trump in as the speaker, a, a job. I mean, if he was manifestly unfit for the president's job, at least he was a you know at least he was a CEO. He knows how to CEO things. But I mean, as far as managing the legislative calendar and everything. I mean, it's just, he has absolutely no ability to do that. It, it would end up with a giant government shutdown and everybody blame uh, the Republicans and, and we, you know, then, get 20 more. And let his son do illegals. it. Don Jr. can take it. Yeah. Let Don Jr. do it. He, he could probably do a good job, but I mean, It'd be four more years and, and 20 million more illegal aliens. So, so Ed, Ed, you would I mean, be against McCarthy having shut down the government. So we should just keep spending. I, I think there's a I, I think there was a chance that uh, they could have potentially extracted a little bit of a deal, especially with, uh, you know, with Feinstein being at that store and whatnot. I, I, I think there was a chance. I don't think a chance is it's gone now. Right. Well, again, what, what's what was the biggest beef here? Because McCarthy went to cut a deal with a minority of the Republican caucus with the Democrats, right? That's, yeah. that's my understanding of it. Which, yeah. Which again, he, I mean, he, that, that that's that's stupid. I think even Newt Gingrich would say that that's stupid. You need to you shouldn't be doing anything without a, a major, majority of the caucus with you. By the same token, I'm not sure that it's smart to have only eight Republicans siding with them Democrats to oust the Republican speaker. I don't know. That's a smart move, even. Well, I think they're going to gain from it. I just. I don't know if they're going to gain from again, it. Again, the only power Republicans have is to shut down the government. Other than that, they will keep going along to get along because there is no other alternative. And we will still never have a budget. And well, that was the reason for pushing for regular order, right? So that you're no, not. But they're not getting at, regular order I mean, under McCarthy. That no, I know. Yeah. I mean, there's an argument they, to be someone, made against right now. There someone, is someone. Uh, uh, it was Levin who said, uh, 
the Democrats are pre preventing the committees from passing the budgets out. And that's not true. The Republicans have majorities on all the committees. And so, I mean, it's it's obviously uh, uh, yeah, they it's have obviously slim, McCarthy and very slim majorities, chair. like one, maybe two votes. Right. And right. then, then, I mean, then you're putting it in the hands of, of potentially a lot of rhino Republicans on these committees. So God only knows. Well, that's how committees are. always are, Mike. They I always know. are one or two. Listen, I mean, I, I get it, but there's something to be said about controlling things with the one big bill. What, something positive about that? I, I think they can do more than than they could right now with the small major the small majorities that they have. If they were to go do 12 separate If they did their job, they could at least blame it on Chuck Schumer, the fact that things are screwed up. Yeah, I mean, that 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 again is the argument. Let, okay, so we have slim majorities, we do it anyway, they pump out bad bills, and then we start pointing the fingers at all the bad guys who are responsible for it. They, this this is what you want, vote for these guys. But again, they, they, the they, other option. they can't get anything with one branch. So what are the choices, give in or that? So, I don't know. I, I see just a lot of people backing quote the establishment just to back quote the establishment. You know, is is Mark Levin any less establishment than Fox News? Let's say. I, I don't think of Mark Levin that way. I, <laughs> it's a lose lose situation. I mean, Mark Levin has certain establishment characteristics, uh, but um, I mean, know, listen, he, he, was the entire Freedom Caucus on board with this? No. What, okay. I mean, they're supposedly the most conservative members of the House. However, I was unless uh, unless there was a wink and a nod, so you guys fall on the sword. Well, the wink and, and the nod is and, everybody's and Jim McCarthy. Jordan. Jim Jordan's not the least bit interested. But the fact is, the minute McCarthy said he's out, Jim Jordan is plenty interested. So the fact that other people weren't willing to go to the mat for it doesn't mean anything. Just well, means that they let other people hang themselves out to dry. So well, somebody was going to have to throw their hat in the ring. There's already Jordan and Scalise are definitely in the ring. So, and supposedly both of them are at least somewhat better. Who knows? But at least there's some accountability, which I always say. Is I'm, unco I'm unconvinced that either one of them is going to be better. What evidence is there? I mean, are they? What are they saying they'll do differently? No idea. And if they're not better, they're still the one uh, vote to get rid of them until somebody wants to be better. No idea. But I mean, McCarthy had was the. Uh, what do you call it? The, the the leader under the guy before him. Yeah, the, the, or the, right. uh, he's been in that, the... in that place for a very long time, learning how to be more and more establishment. I don't know. He was the minority whip. Right. Yeah. Well, he was. Yeah, he was oh, the minority leader. Or now, uh, the leader. Yes, uh, right. But who was before? Uh, who cares? Doesn't matter. They're all the same. Um, so, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, they're all they're all empty suits, except for Fetterman. I mean, he's an empty hoodie. You know, I mean, the the only other problem for Republicans is just from the PR perspective, it's a bad look. I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to. Give a hoot in a month after no, a after after the the white smoke comes out and we have a new pope. So I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, anything Republicans do is a bad look with the press. So that doesn't really matter. The press is going to do what the press is going to do. They have to have a reason. They're going to shut down the government. It can't be over something incomprehensible that is unable to be articulated in, you know, less than a single sentence. You've got to be able to say this, you know, we're, we're, we're closing the border because we're closed. We're shutting the government until they close the border. On they close the border. That that would be, a, you know, or I, we're not allowing any funds to be used to, uh, you know, transport illegal aliens. Yeah. Into it wasn't part of like this that. over the Ukraine thing that that's why this happened. Yeah. No, they gave in on the Ukraine thing. They did. Well, have yeah, that's part of vote. why Gates was upset that they did a stand a separate bill on that. Well, I think having a separate bill on Ukraine is perfectly reasonable. I mean, I, you know, whatever. That's the way the Congress should work. Uh, um, I don't think but it was. Upset it's not that, that it was separate. He didn't want. He didn't want them to. He didn't want it to be brought to the floor. Well, I mean, one guy can't do that. So, I mean, I don't know why he was thinking that that is the a reasonable position to take. I thought the whole point was that they kept money from Ukraine. That that's why the Senate guy pulled the. Uh, that's why they pulled the fire alarm to keep the Senate from putting Ukraine money in that bill. And that the House didn't have <laughs> the bill. That was my understanding. The fire alarm thing is just so unbelievable. But that was to uh, stall I, because they wanted the Senate to pass the bill before the uh, House did. Well, the Senate did pass some sort of a bill um, with all sorts of bells and whistles. And then the House passed this bill and the Senate agreed to it. Um, it it's a, okay to interfere with democracy. The democratic process, as long as you're in the club, right? You don't get a J J six or cell for pulling the fire alarm and interfering with. We think Democrats do interfere with democracy. <laughs> it's funny. Whatever they say, I'm, but I'm making the obvious point here. Well, isn't uh, pulling no. a fire alarm on a camera about as blatant as lying on a federal fire alarm form? I mean, it, it's not it, it's in in the in the realm of stupidity. It's somewhere between being a drug addict and and saying you haven't done drugs on penalty of perjury and saying that if we send more soldiers to Guam, the island will tip over. It's somewhere in between. In between? I think it's closer to, to Hank Johnson. <laughs> it's closer to Hank Johnson and Guam tipping over. Um it's it's pretty stupid. I'm just saying. If oh, you, you know that was in trouble for doing something this blatant. In they front did of the release world. the video really quickly, though. What can you get in trouble for? I mean, how long till we be arrested for pulling a fire alarm? Uh, yeah, nine seconds. <laughs> that I mean, if not that, then what? And yet nobody's nobody's going to pay for this, so. Maybe they'll be. Uh, he might be censured. You never know. I don't know what censured is. It'll go in his permanent record. But oh. but I mean, if either it's a crime or it's not a crime. Either lying on a firearm form is a crime or it's not a crime. And again, they could do whatever they want, and the press will cover, and AOC will come up with some word salad to cover for it, and then it's all forgotten. So. AOC, man, she is losing IQ points as the days go she, by. She can't lose IQ points. It's mathematically okay. impossible, Fred. And I know you know Speaking more. Speaking of IQ points, I see Dear Leader has joined us. Dear Leader. Thank you. <laughs> dear Leader, is Dear Leader brother coming? Yeah, he's um, 
running in and out of the house doing work. He'll be here maybe. Doing work. Yeah, what are you guys talking about? We're talking about fire alarms and McCarthy getting voted <laughs> out and would and should Trump become Speaker of the House. I'll um, channel my hero Ian Freeman now and say, who cares? It's so boring. Who cares about these politicians? They're all scum. And it's not interesting. It doesn't matter much anyway. Okay. That's what he would say if you were here. That's what he would say. Aren't we glad that you joined say. us? What's that? <laughs> Aren't we glad that you joined us? It's interesting yeah. because Bongino today is screaming, saying, whatever you do, whoever side you're on, do not believe any of these people are good people. They are all yep. scum of the earth. Don't trust any of them. I don't want to hear this one's good. I don't want to hear that one good. They're all garbage. Now you could decide, you know, what's better. So that's the the less pacifist way of saying it. Al, if you want to share the Ian Freeman story, refresh everybody's memory, you got 60 seconds um, because it's a local story as important as it is. So just remind everybody what happened to Ian Freeman and then tell them what happened yesterday. Well, I think the story is local, but also global, universal, and intercontinental, universal, um, galactic. Um, it's one of the, the biggest sentences and biggest cases in the crypto world and, and uh, nonviolent crimes, victimless crimes ever. Pretty much Ian Freeman, along with a few others, were arrested. He's the final person to have his trial. One's in prison. Four others um, did not get put in prison. But he's the last one. He went all the way to trial, took no plea deals, and he was convicted by a jury of, I think, eight counts. The judge um, dismissed after the conviction. The judge, I believe, dismissed the money laundering count, which would have been years in prison. And um, but the jury convicted him in a federal court. This was for uh, selling Bitcoin and yeah. stuff like that. He, he was he was one of the sellers with, with I think a perfect rating on localbitcoins.com, where there were tons of people who sold cryptocurrencies over years. He sold a large amount of, of cryptocurrencies. Um, he offered some privacy and anonymity, but also before he sold to the people, he did make sure they told him like their name and um, some information about them and proved like on on phone or video chat who they were. And he confirmed they were buying for themselves and not being the, the victim of a scam or anything. Um, so so he did actually, beyond due diligence required by the law and even done by banks for wire transfers and stuff. So he did more than necessary. And he actually caught some scammers in the process. Anyway, um, long story short, the government used uh, Ian as a scapegoat because there were some scammers, like romance scammers, who on Match.com made old widows with savings, retirement savings fall in love with them. And then they said, I'm in love with you, but I'm stuck on an oil rig in the middle of the ocean. Please wire me, you know, $300,000 ASAP. And they did. I so. love that movie. That was one that's yeah. one of my favorite movies. Did they yeah, put on a play like, with Springtime for Hitler, too? I love that. Yeah. Like, if people are going to be that stupid, then, then <laughs> you know, it's not his fault. But because they, they were scammed by a person and the person said, hey, go to local, local Bitcoins and buy crypto from someone or buy from Ian specifically and then send me, tell them to send the Bitcoin to my uh, wallet address, which no one... The address is like a very long series of numbers and letters. So when the person goes to Ian and sends them hundreds of thousands to Ian and says, send Bitcoin to this address, it's my wallet address, I promise. He doesn't know if it's their address or some scam artist. So he sent money to the scam artist. And therefore, instead of catching the scammer, which the FBI said numerous times in the trial, they have no interest in catching scammers. They've never made attempts. Ian and the actual victims told them like some names, some emails, some info about the scammers, and they made no attempt ever to catch them. The FBI agent who specializes in this admitted on the stand that she's never caught a single scammer in her 15-year career. Um, but they made Ian the scapegoat. They essentially seem to conflate and purposely manipulate the victims of the scammers to seemingly believe that Ian was the romance scammer. 
um, with with their messed up language. And, and so the victims actually said in their testimony for sentencing that they want Ian like to have the judge to the book at him and be in prison forever because he's so evil. So I'm pretty sure they kind of thought he was a scammer, even though he wasn't. And the prosecution did not really claim that. So uh, he was punished for all these crimes. Um, the prosecution didn't prove the crimes. The jury, the trial was such a sham. It was ridiculous. I went for one or two days of the trial. It was unbelievable. Um, the, the least ridiculous part was the part where the prosecutor put up an exhibit of a, a black man who was shirtless in a picture and said, does that look like a CEO to you? Um, and everyone was like, that might be the most racist thing ever said. Um, because Ian sent someone, this person claimed to be a CEO and Ian sent the money and Ian should have said, you're black. You can't be a CEO. Come on. Um, we all know blacks are too dumb to be CEOs and the prosecution, the federal it prosecutor, was the prosecutor, Joseph Biden. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, it was Seth Afram and I think, uh, Georgia McDonald or something was one of the prosecutors or IRS or FBI agents. So, but Seth Afram was like the main prosecutor for New Hampshire. So anyway, he was convicted of, um, I think, wire fraud, which if you know the statutes, I'm sure Ed Maslich knows wire fraud means nothing in the world. It, may, it means, you know, using any communications, email, phone or anything, you engaged in any money of anything that could have been linked to a crime. And money laundering is also like ever touching any money that could have been used in the crime or the past or future. So really everyone could be guilty of those broad crimes of uh, money laundering and wire fraud and four counts of tax evasion, even though the IRS person on the stand admitted that that they are unsure whether Ian owes any taxes because um, he has, I think, an IRS and state of New Hampshire approved nonprofit um, that technically owns all of his assets. So so that he doesn't owe taxes, but the jury convicted him. So, so all of those counts um, and conspiracy for all those counts as well, he was convicted of. And he was sentenced the other day to eight years in prison um, and a fine of $40,000, I believe, plus some restitution to the victims that he didn't actually scam. Um, so that's so he was taken into custody right away. Unfortunately, he plans to appeal. He's got lawyers, but um, he's, he's going to be in prison for the appeal, I believe. So also what sounds a little bit like as a person is he is he is free talk live or he has a show on free talk live. Well, he's the founder and owner. Him and Mark Edge are co-founders. He's, he's been the main founder and owner and host for the last 20 years. Right. And Free Talk Live has, what, 170 stations, his show? That's what he said, yep. And he's been in this for years. I mean, we're up on Free Talk Live, right? We're on um, Liberty Radio Network, LRN, yep. Which is, how does it, that's part of Free Talk Live or Free Talk Live is part of that? He owns LRN.FM and it's, it's a 24-7 perpetual streaming of... Free Talk Live and other Liberty podcasts. So it's on some kind of schedule where it's 24-7 streaming on LRN.FM. His trial sounds a lot like the civil fraud trial against Trump in New York. Which is our next subject. So take it, Ed. Well, I mean, no no victims. The, the banks and the insurance companies all knowingly took the risk. They all made profit on the deal, on the deals that were done. There, there's no victim, but... They're going after Trump. It's just trumped up charges. And uh, it, it sounds a lot like what you were just describing uh, this person in New Hampshire getting getting railroaded. I, mean, I, I know very little about money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I know enough from real estate, from my relative in real estate, when you get a mortgage on your house and you call the bank and you say, my new house is worth $100 million. I want to borrow $90 million. And they say, sure, no problem. And they cut you a check. No, they don't. They send out an appraiser because it may be worth $10. And that is the most ridiculous thing in the world to think that they don't check before. So I, forgetting what his place is worth, I, I don't understand that one at all, just with my simple mind. So, 
So I, I, is, I think you understand it perfectly. Did you see the judge uh, giddy, uh, laughing and smiling? I saw the other day smile the camera. the camera, and it was one of the most nightmarish images stuck in my head in my life. Oh, good. I haven't seen it. I just read about it, so I'm glad I didn't see it. So, so Ed um, Maslich or anyone else, Ian Freeman and the others in this case, they raised the the idea of restitution. And they said, like, these people were not scammed by Ian. But even more so for Trump, did he and his lawyers raise or will they raise the idea of restitution saying there's no victim? If there was a victim, how can I restitute them? You know, what were the damages? And then obviously it'll be awkward because everyone will admit nobody was harmed. There is no damages. Well, that was actually addressed in the opinion that came down last week. They did make that argument. And the judge said, this is a different case. This isn't about restitution. This is about uh disgorgement of un, of ill-gotten gains that trump got ill-gotten gains he got more favorable loan terms he got more favorable uh insurance premium rates and he shouldn't have gotten those better terms so it's not about compensating the victims it's about punishing the wrongdoer for his fraudulent acts so the so banks should be liable for at least half then because the banks were in on it well no the banks well, the got weird scammed. The weird thing is, like, banks can't get Trump, scammed. The banks do their own appraisals. Trump didn't do this, right? Trump's yeah. LLCs did this, but yeah. Trump was charged as an individual, as were his children, who had no, uh, who who had no uh, relationship to these businesses that did these alleged uh, fraudulent tra transactions. They just they just just charged all his kids. I think they signed documents, Ed. Ed Maslis, can you address the appraisers of the banks as well? What's to address? Did they have appraisers go out to Martha's uh, to uh, the the Mar-a-Lago? Um, I don't know if they had appraisers, but I know that the opinion last week mentioned that Trump contends that Mar-a-Lago is worth a couple hundred million dollars, and the judge said. I think it's worth 18 million, 18 to 20 million, something like that. And as a lawyer, I mean, I, I, obviously I didn't see the actual briefs and the, and the documents that were submitted, but when you have a dispute of fact like that, it's totally inappropriate for a judge to order summary judgment. The ju that's supposed to be the subject of a trial. Whose appraiser do we believe? Who's Mike, could you reach out to the judge to hire him to do appraisals based on his incredible expertise now? You're muted, Mike. I'm not sure why you would be asking me. <laughs> well, don't you like peripherally uh, deal with that kind of thing? No, not I, at all. I, I, I'm I, telling you, if a hurricane came and destroyed Mar-a-Lago down to the ground, it'd still be worth more than $18 million. <laughs> $18 million probably like put up his dining room table for him. That, it's just so unbelievably outrageous, this trial. Um, now, okay, so let's get to the bigger thing, which Ed M, you've been yelling about for a long time. They did impose some kind of gag order now. Yep. Now, granted, Trump seems to try his best to get one, right? He kind of does, but you know what? The First Amendment protects him. He's allowed to make outrageous statements. He is an American citizen speaking in the United States of America and criticizing a judicial process that's being aimed at him. Of all people, he has 
even more right than just an average person to speak up. He is the defendant in the case. He's supposed to just sit there and be gagged and Wait shut up. Aren't defendants often gagged? I mean, I think that that's, I don't, I mean, yes, it happens. It doesn't happen often, but yes, it happens. And I think it's an outrageous violation of the First Amendment. I mean, as far as I know, not being a lawyer, having been in court more in family law, where there's absolutely no constitution whatsoever, a judge can gag you just by saying, I'm gagging you, and there is nothing you can do about it. Well, you know what? In New York, you can you can take an immediate appeal. You don't have to wait till the end of the case. Ed, Ed. You know, yeah? Please. You know, the reason I shared that story this week about a judge saying the NRA should be compensated for winning its gun case. Do you guys remember the number that they're being compensated, what it costs to bring that gun case? Like a, they're getting a half million of the one and a half. $147,000. So when people say you can appeal, we are forgetting that that means you plunk down 10, 15, $20,000 just to walk in a lawyer's office. Okay, and but Trump can afford it. But most people can, and people are gagged all the time by judges. It is a routine thing, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. I have a novel I, idea. What? It'll solve all the issues in the universe. Um, since I'm positive in New York, you need a license to be an appraiser. Um, let's charge the judge with the crime of practicing real estate appraising without a license. So, Ed, go ahead and arrest him. Wait a minute. Remember that engineer case a few years ago? Yes, I'm all over it. Do you remember the engineer a bunch of years ago who got in yeah. trouble? For Oregon and Washington, yep. Yeah. Yeah, for saying he's an engineer or doing something engineer. No, he just did some mathematics or, or saying the word engineer. And and with any state with license for anything like engineers and doctors. Yeah, got and in trouble for it. Yep. I just remember that. Yeah, that would be funny, but not going to happen, obviously. In my upcoming book about the First Amendment being violated, like I did with Presumed Guilty with Fourth and Fifth Amendment, I'm writing a book about the First Amendment next. I have a whole chapter about how you can't even say you're, you know, you can't give any medical advice or legal advice or engineering advice if you're not licensed as that person. And that's why we see all the time in media and YouTube people saying not medical advice, not legal advice, but I would do this if I were in your case. That's because I give of the medical, legal, and engineering advice like every day. I or or I just admit to three crimes. I got reports. Those were my three felonies today. Well, you can get in a lot of trouble for it, obviously. <laughs> yep. Ed, Ed Maslis, you can't give any legal advice if you're not a lawyer, right? It's illegal. Technically, but yeah, you, well, I mean, even as a lawyer, I'm supposed, you know, I'm supposed to separate a client from a non-client. You know, this is legal information, not legal advice. Don't rely on it. So, if I were to give someone legal or medical advice, not being a doctor or a lawyer, it, and, and I'm punished for it, wouldn't that violate the First Amendment? I think so. I'm yeah. not sitting on the Supreme Court, but I think so. So, That's you my consider- medical advice. Do your own research. Here's my legal advice. Don't talk to the cops. Listen. Here's my engineering advice. Two plus two equals four. How is conversion therapy um, prohibitions not violative of the First Amendment? Of course it is. But uh, there is so much in this country where you're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to say what you want to say. If I were to say to somebody, I can help you not be gay anymore, my license would be gone in three seconds. That's a good point. And it's just talks. I, I don't know really how much free speech. I know family court gag orders are not unusual at all. Um, I, I just believe judges have way too much power overall. But So you're all going to help me co-author my next book about the First Amendment being violated? Thank you.
We were going to take a vote, but then every time we try to take a vote, a fire alarm goes off. Sounds like an insurrection. And if if he doesn't get the same treatment, Bowman, did you guys explain to those who aren't familiar with the story what happened? I think everyone's yeah. familiar with this story. No, th- again, think th- there are people, a few left in the world, who don't listen to Liberty Block every week. They don't read our articles every week. Um, like they really they don't know. So the very basics is there was a, a budget bill, a continuing resolution, a temporary budget for a month or two for the federal government, the spending to keep the government open and functioning. Before the vote happened, the Democrats were upset and they wanted to delay the vote. So most likely a Democrat congressman who may have an IQ around five or six. Not um, most likely he was caught on film. Yeah, no, he was caught on film, but most likely it was for the exact reason of delaying the vote, pulled a fire alarm and said, oh, I was trying to open a door that was locked. You know, whatever, pretty ridiculous. And uh, the fire alarm went off and delayed the vote. So that's obstruction of governmental proceeding. He should be put in the January 6th gulag forever. It was definitely an insurrection. He was a former high school Is there a tunnel outside the Capitol where they have extrajudicial punishments? Ah. He was a former high school principal. I think waterboarding is in order. What a a fire alarm. Yes, of all the jobs to come to this from. Of all the jobs. Yeah, we already spoke about that. That, yeah, he's obviously not, not going to pay any price. The good news is that Ed Powell's happy. There are a lot of memes about um, a person being confused between a, a fire alarm and a doorknob. That's uh, all I have left is memes. That's all I have left. And that's yeah. what your T-shirt should say. All I have left is memes. <laughs> even, though, even though we like your, your current T-shirt. Yes. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 Says so you are the carbon they want to reduce. I like the T-shirt. Yeah, which okay. So I believe we were talking about the Trump trial. I think Trump, if he would use his horn to talk about things that matter rather than like insult people personally and everything else, that may be a little bit more useful. Now, well, correct me if I'm wrong. He he found out that the clerk of the court was dating Schumer's daughter or something like that, or, or Schumer's son, something, and then pointed it out as a, as a some sort of a conflict of interest or in usual idiotic Trumpian, you know, hyperbole fashion. And that's when the judge slapped the uh, gag on her arm not to comment on any of the members of the court. Do I get this right? Is that what people have heard? Yeah. Yeah, I, I again have, have people fought any kind of gag orders in Supreme Courts to get some kind of overarching rule, or it's just catch as you can, and it's it's just impossible to beat it. Um, I mean, people have definitely fought it. Um, you know, it's hard to beat. And what is usually the purpose of it? They just don't want to pollute the jur- the jury pool. No, that's yes, that's, the, that's the that's the that usually the rationale, right? But yeah. Well, then why do they have war the dear if they isn't the whole purpose of war dear to see if any particular juror is polluted or not? I mean, why do yeah. they even have that if uh, you can you can stop the uh, uh, defendant from defending themselves? And but oh, by the way, it doesn't stop the prosecution, which in this case, I guess, it's the judge from spouting off too. <laughs> Hollow, you're, you're muted. But also, they often they'll seal juries off from the news about a trial anyway. 
Um, if if Trump can't defend himself, then then the offense, which is the the media arm of the state, so CNN and New York Times, should not be allowed to write any articles until the trial's over about Trump, because that affects the jury. Because oh, well, and you know what, the the seminal case on the issue is Near versus Minnesota, which is I don't know, like 1930, 31, something like that, and that was the issue in that case that there was some law in us in in I guess in Minnesota that uh, the newspapers had to get permission. Uh, had to just basically it was a uh, like a in gun in gun in gun language where they have to find justifiable need. They had to show that uh, you know that you were you were writing about something wholesome and worthwhile and it was a, a good, good you know a worthwhile story. And it went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said no, that's a prior restraint on speech. We're not going to allow it. Ed, Ed I, I sense that there is an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. That's going to be coming from you on this subject. You mean in the Liberty Block Journal? <laughs> you write some op-ed. We at, at least we'll publish. <laughs> that's true. Uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm being it. somewhat serious because you know, I mean, I don't see anybody else out there saying Trump should be, uh, you know, ignoring the gag order and in the name of free speech. Well, he, he can ignore the it. gag order, but the judge has ultimate power. He can lock him up that moment. Uh, no, I understand that, but Ed, Ed has the power to write uh, an op-ed on it, too. <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not arguing with that. I, yeah, I'm happy yeah, to yeah. use Ed's time freely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and Ed, M, if, if, judge vi- if uh, Trump violates it, then the judge has him arrested for contempt of court or whatever. Correct. Then is that something he could appeal and appeal all the way up to SCOTUS? He could, but he should just appeal the order. That's he what I mean. That's the order. gag order before, even before he violates it. Okay. Don't the judges then say it's uh, not ripe? No. How, how could it not be right if it ripe if if he's been told you can't speak? But he hasn't violated it yet. No, that's right. He has standing because he isn't has that been. isn't that how the courts play the game? Not in First Amendment cases, no. One one would hope. Well, you know so what's funny appeal. is, uh, you know, at the outset, obviously we're talking about the the whole speaker thing, but even even Trump was criticizing Gates. I haven't seen any of the other presidential candidates. And what's interesting uh, is backing Gates. Gates, Gates is out there saying Trump is backing him, and supposedly Trump is saying no. So that's slightly confusing to me. I'm well, sure Trump, Trump has endorsed Gates and McCarthy and plenty of others in the past, and I'm sure he's condemned them all also. <laughs> who, who is that, Alu? Didn't Trump endorse McCarthy, well, but didn't he also condemn McCarthy? You know, I mean, if you go back in time, listen, the, I saw a video on Gates from five years ago where he was saying we shouldn't do what, we, what he just did. So uh, this is the problem with all of them. They all contradict themselves after a while right, which speaks to Bongino that none of them are worth to yeah him. but i haven't seen any of the presidential candidates patting gates on the back and even trump was saying you know actually desantis i believe did say something if i'm not i can't remember what he said yes desantis made a statement he was respect of, uh, i was against mccarthy before anybody was yeah oh so he said something and nobody else has said anything i don't I, know why I, he said something i think they're smarter not to say anything well uh, i don't in general it, 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 it didn't, it certainly wasn't, I back Gates and he was right. That's not what I heard from DeSantis. I now heard a else, lot of hemming and those candidates were in the House? Pence? Was Pence in the House before he was a senator? 
Yeah, he was in the house before in the uh, governor and senator. He was. He was. Yep. And I can't remember who else. Was Christy ever in the house? Nah. No. And obviously, Pence probably the pan, made the a pancake house. He was in the pancake house. Pancake. I, I hop. Right. And he probably <laughs> made a statement that everybody fell asleep before it could be completed. Right. Was Haley in the house? <laughs> no. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. She was governor yeah. of South Carolina, but I don't think she was in the House. Right. So I think that's, you know, they could say if we weren't in the House, we can't make a comment on it. Okay. Let's talk about the uh, historic appointment in California. In case somebody <laughs> doesn't know, it's a historic appointment. She has all Man. the major qualifications. She's black, she's gay, and she lives in a different state. Which I, I My prediction was close. I was expecting a black man who pretty much identifies as a female. Now you're going too far, but, but he did promise, I think, a black woman, if I'm not mistaken. But he did. now I sent you guys all these articles, the back and forth um, about whether or not she's eligible as not being a resident of the state. I don't know if anybody wanted to digest it. And Who is not a resident of what state? Can we explain for the listeners? Okay, so the then appointee to take the place of Diane Feinstein is a resident of Maryland who used to live in California, who apparently has very few actual ties to California right now. Who's Diane Feinstein? Diane Feinstein was a 90-year-old, long-serving female senator in California I, who died five days ago. What's right. a female? No, what well, is I'm a, a biologist, and I'm not going there, and you're not going to drag me there. What is a biologist? What is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's fascinating because the Constitution does specifically say that somebody when elected has to inhabit that state. And the fight seems to be what's inhabit mean, actually, and resident and domicile and all those other interesting words. But nobody seemingly gives a hoot either way, whether she's technically constitutionally eligible or not. So, Ed, did you read any of that, that stuff? I did read both articles. I think you gave three articles, articles, right? I put up a third that was a response, I think, to one of them. Yeah. I I might have read all three. I know I read, I I remember reading two that were opposed. And I'm not really sure which one I think is the right answer. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's a different, you know, the the word appointed and elected are different words. And I I sort of lean towards the article that, that argued that, Appointment is different than elected, but he came Eugene back with a second had like article. Three thousand words today on the fact that appointed and elected are used interchangeably. Who uh, said that? Who's article? Eugene Volok. Right, that's what I'm talking about. In the second article, he really went at great length to say they're used interchangeably. It was, my favorite um, sentence from all those articles was a guy quoting a judge who told a lawyer that technicality is when you lose, cornerstone of law is when you win. And is it a technicality or are we supposed to be holding up the Constitution? And, you know, it's a technicality that she doesn't live where she lives. I mean, carpetbagging was merely looked down on, but carpetbagging, my understanding is you go there and spend the night in Motel 6, right? She didn't even Indeed. do that. I mean, there's not even a pretense of having lived in the state. So they're only pinning it on the fact that she's appointed, not elected. And sadly, apparently, nobody in California is making a ruckus that I know of about it. They're not at all being represented. Uh, it's another attack on our democracy, obviously, that the people of California are now not represented by somebody who even lives there. Who even lives there. 
Now, I know some people who are upset that he undercut Schiff and a couple of others who wanted that spot. And that's Mm -hmm. interesting because Schiff is supposedly an ally of his Aunt Nancy. Which there, I always thought he was in Pelosi's pocket. Well, I, I have another question. She, she's a lesbian, and yet her job is to push for abortion rights. Well, lesbians have children and have abortions. Yeah, but if they're lesbians, then they they really can't get pregnant accidentally. I don't. So I'm just confused. They can't get pregnant accidentally. I'm not sure if I even want to think about that. Right. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, black lesbian abortionist. That is the Democrat Party trifecta. And no, I no, think, no, no. Uh, it's not a trifecta. It's a quadfecta, if that's the right word, because she's also the head of SEIU. Oh, she's part of SEIU? She was oh. the head of a big SEIU in California. Oh, yeah. That's, is it quadfecta? Or is there a better way of saying it? Uh, uh, yeah, they have a name for it actually, because there is that bet at the racetrack. I just <laughs> I don't go to racetracks. You don't go to racetracks ever. You've never been no, to a racetrack. I was. I don't remember in... a quadfecta. I know an exacta and I know a trifecta, but I don't think I've heard of picking four. Listen, Ed, I was born in Pimlico, but not in the racetrack in the neighborhood, and that's <laughs> the closest I get. So, and I pass by Belmont all the time. That's how I know. Yeah, but she has all the qualifications. Um, it, it is, it's interesting that he's willing to knife some of the Californians in the back, the politicians who are dying to be senator. And the chances of her not winning a term after being the incumbent, I assume, are quite low. Apparently, she was a caretaker pick and that the seat has already been wired for Adam Schiff. But why would anybody do that? Why would somebody hold a seat and give it up? Um, because she doesn't feel like doing the job, I guess. I don't know. I, I, why would anybody want and to promise something else? Maybe I, she, you, there's, I, there's no babies to kill in the Senate. So I think she'll want to get back to her, her regular old job. Oh my. Um, very cynical today, Ed. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that was the deal, right? I mean, seriously, Newsom. Why didn't um, he give somebody else to hold it? I don't understand. Well, I mean, maybe there aren't or... as many black lesbians as we think there are. I, what I, is that's the what effect, he promised. What Ruth is Paul? the effect of this on KJP? <laughs> on who? KJP. Press secretary. That's true. They could have. Uh, no, but her, named, uh... her claim to fame was she's like the highest ranked person ever in that genre. Uh, now she's. Well, looking. you know what? They could, I don't think they, she knows what a genre is. They could have stuck Camila back in that position. Somebody said that that's what they thought they were going to do, is to swap yeah. Kamala out. Um, and they, some people were surprised that they didn't do it that way. Well, they should have. I mean, unless she really is just uh, dead set on thinking she's going to be president. Um, the, the California, I mean, to a certain extent, you know, California is all far left, but the politics but it is split between the sort of the northern class northern california ruling class upper you know white uh people like gavin newsom and then the uh minorities who all fight each other um you know blacks hispanics asians and whatnot and i think that 
that Schiff got the seat wired for him. And so he's going to quote unquote run for the next election and win. And then um, that's already been decided. And, but they, they didn't think that appointing Schiff now was necessarily a good look. So he looked around and he's got all these um, minorities who he has to appease for various reasons. And so he- but it, Ed, he, it's a much picked, worse picked, look oh. to swap her out for a white male. Oh no, it's gonna be voluntary on her part. Okay, she's gonna not run. leave, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's definitely voluntary. She, they've, she's been told it's voluntary on her part uh, not to run anymore. Um, so, you know, that that's just I I don't know what, I don't know how else to explain how California works. It's uh, you know, the Soviet Union was more transparent. Yeah. Well. We can sit here and debate what the meaning of is is in a way appointment elected, but to me it just shows that you know they'll break the rules, they'll do whatever they want to do, and that speaks to how they'll get rid of Biden and replace. It just doesn't. It doesn't matter. There's no obstacle. No, it's the senator. There's no law. There's no rule. There's nothing that would stand in the way of them replacing Biden anytime that they want to. There was the senator that they did that to in New Jersey, in your state. Hey, of course, they have a current Torres senator Ellie, in there. The torch. Tor Bob yeah, Torres Torres and they have the current senator, Menendez. Yeah. Is, uh, uh, we know how to pick them here, boy. Yeah. And you'd Yeah, New Jersey. I, okay. I'd vote for um, the, the Sopranos uh, to be senators. I think they're more honest. Well, there is a book, The Soprano State. You know that, right? Yeah. Well, Ed was talking about the seat being wired for Adam Schiff. I was thinking of Rod Blagojevich from Illinois. Yeah, exactly. Explain. Well, he sort of he was convicted of selling this the appointment. Barack Obama's seat. Yeah. Barack Obama's seat. Right, right. Now he kind of he he went all pro Trump after Trump pardoned him, right? I don't know that he I, went all Trump, pro Trump. No. He's one of those guys that he, he totally portrays himself as the victim. Then, so I don't know. But he's he's made a whole bunch of public pro-Trump statements ever since he got out. I haven't heard from him recently, but he had made a whole bunch of pro-Trump no. statements, and he was definitely part of the uh, Chicago Way. The Chicago Way. Yeah. What what a country we live in, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it's a banana republic, and we don't even have bananas. No, we got plenty of bananas. Well, we're, yeah, and, and they're all in the government. Imported. They're there's all no, imported. There's no, there's no scarcity of bananas here. <laughs> all right. It so, is funny that he appointed a Maryland resident to the Senate seat from California, just, and he just did it. And of course, there's no recourse except the Senate itself, and the Senate well, they didn't even anymore. debate it. They didn't even, it That's wasn't even, she just didn't even come in, up. Right? She walked in, she was sworn in and it's over ready before you yeah. even an eye, which is pretty, right. uh, pretty effective. Didn't even, got it done. Didn't even blink so, an eye. I see Adams, I learned something this morning that I didn't know. I thought that the right to shelter law in New York was a law. Now that there's this new story coming out that Adams is going back to court, the mayor of New York, 
to suspend the right to shelter. I didn't realize that itself was only a court order. Did you guys know that? Didn't know it. I did not. I thought it was a law. I've been operating under that fallacy the whole time, and he was going to go to court to get some kind of emergency order that doesn't have to follow the law. And I think he was arguing the law only applied to citizens of the state or citizens of the country. But apparently the whole thing was some judge ordered or they consented to back in the 80s because of a judge. So once again, the judges make the messes and then you go back to the judges. And New York obviously is just every week I mention it and every week it gets worse, crumbling under the pressure from the quote migrants. I mean, the mayor, the 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 governor, everybody. Now I think the governor of Illinois is coming out saying to uh, close the border. And guess what? Oh, guess another what another race. These are going to have zero because it's not about refugees; it's about replacement. Yes, it is about replacement, hundred percent. But the question is, can they politically withstand it? Will they be able to ride it out, or is there going to be a backlash? In the next election, because the public are going to have a fair election. That's the that's the real operative question. Well, are we going to have a candidate who's willing to put three sentences together in a coherent fashion? And so far, I don't see I don't see there's a Republican candidate who's able to do that. Well, I'm talking about even local elections where there's going to be pressure. Um, I mean, we didn't really talk about uh, RFK uh, running independent. Right, that's the next subject. And you can have it. Yeah, but listen, I think he's viable, uh, and if I. You know, if there's ever a year where a third party or independent candidate can win, I I think it's next year. Now, odds are RFK is going to take more votes away from the Democrats. Uh, so you could see a situation. Is that 100 I mean, percent true? Some people argue that. I tend to think so still. I don't think, um, I think it depends you, on who the Republicans nominate. So uh, I'm just disappointed because I was all ready to like vote for RFK Jr. in the Democratic primary. And thus, I didn't care who won the Republican primary, really. Uh, But now I have to care again because I'm certainly not going to vote in the Democratic primary if if it's Biden versus some shoe salesman from New Orleans or whoever the second person is. So Um, here's my stupid question. If there are three candidates, the Electoral College, how does it work? They just lower the threshold of what that person needs to win. Whoever has the most votes wins the electoral votes for that state. Yeah, because. Yeah, well, that's you don't need 270. You don't need 270. That's that's right. Yes, you do. Yes, you don't need 270. If you don't get it, it goes into the uh, House. Well, obviously, but what, what if they all split the, the states like you know a third apiece? Then it goes into the house, and the house ah. chooses it by state. Right. Go and look oh. at the state of 1800. Where so it's... basically, if RFK Jr. runs, you're looking at a Republican president. Well, you're first of all, you're assuming a Republican House would. Oh, for the new session, so it have to be the new, right? So, no, yeah. you're assuming Republicans would actually appoint the Republican. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Also, I mean, look. It, when it's when the house the house votes by delegation, not by member, so right. each day right. the state house delegation. gets one vote. Right, and the, the issue to... the issue is that we we think that the constitution picks the president, but in fact it was the it's the press who picks the president. We were told that in twenty twenty. Um, I I've seen arguments each way. Some arguments are like 
Kennedy is running as a sort of a libertarian populist, and that, that's true. Uh, and so he's going to take votes away from the libertarian populist side, which is mostly Trump. And others are saying, no, uh, Kennedy is a well-known name, especially with, um, you know, uh, with uh, Democrat um, union members and, and uh, um, Catholic voters and whatnot, and they tend to vote more on the Democratic side. And so he's going to take more votes from Biden. But of course, neither of those makes any sense. It makes any difference. It's like in which particular states, in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in Arizona, what is Kennedy going to do as an independent in those states? That's what's, that what is what matters. And I don't know. I think it will be very interesting to see uh, what happens. I, I do think the uh, printer go burr um, is going to happen again in in the usual uh, in the usual precincts. Um, but maybe they won't get away with it this time as much as next time. Maybe the Republicans will be on the ball this time. There won't be COVID this time, although I'm sure there'll be some other disease that they'll try and pass it. How easy is it for him to get on a ballot in 50 states? Uh, it's almost impossible. And thus, he will probably co-opt like the Libertarian Party ticket or something like that. Or some other party. Which has to be willing to... And that's uh, not yeah. cheap, right? No. So, I am no, no third party candidate. If you have three people running... But wait a minute. When Clinton beat Bush... Right. That's he had correct. more than 270 electors. He did because um, what's his program? name? Uh, Ross Pro didn't win a single state. Oh, okay. He only won. He won 20% of the vote, but he didn't win any states. Correct. Which I so. guess could happen with Kennedy as well. Right. Clinton won the presidency with 43% of the vote the first time and with yeah. 49% of the vote the second time. So he never really got a majority of the popular vote, okay. but he. He won a very good uh, right. uh, electoral college vote. In each, now, there are states where election. it's not winner take at all. So Kennedy could take some electoral votes. Without the only yeah, Maine, states that are not winner take all are Maine and Nebraska. And those are district winner take, take uh, winner, uh, district winner takes all. Wow. For the, for the House, uh, for the Senate, it's state. Right. No, what I'm saying is you get an elector for every House member and for every Senate member in your state. And for Maine and Nebraska, the two electoral college votes that are assigned to the senators are um, statewide votes. And the electors for each House district are by that district. That's kind of complicated. Yeah, I think it's yeah, by district, it makes perfect sense though. Makes yeah, perfect I sense. I mean, probably should be that the whole country, to be honest. It makes the most sense. I thought there were more not winner take calls. That's only two states. Yeah, Maine and Nebraska. I mean, the whole winner take all concept is kind of interesting. I don't even know if I can think about that in depth enough. But I guess the obvious question then is will Kennedy win one elector, no matter how many people he wins? And if not, what's yeah. What's the point? Yeah, where is he strong, right? I mean, you would think 
in the Northeast. He again, if he takes votes from the Democrats, obviously he's from uh, Massachusetts, and uh, he's worked a lot in New York, um, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine. Those are kind of his his home his home territory. Um, as far as uh, you know, is he going to win Texas? No, you know, is he going to win like? Pennsylvania? I yeah. don't think so. I, you know, so yeah. I, I don't know. It'll be like Ross it were, It's a very geographic uh, system that we have. And so you really need, um, who is that uh, segregationist who, who won electoral votes back in the- Ronald uh, Thurmond. Or no, no, no. Wallace, yeah. He, he, he won- uh, George Wallace. George Wallace. In the 68 election or the 72 election, something like that. No, 72 Nixon won everything. Yeah. So anyway, it must have been 68. So he he had a strong South geographical base. Anybody who goes, runs for president has to have a strong geographical base unless they have, you know, widespread um, name recognition like Trump or, you know, Biden. Or Kennedy. Um, Yeah. I know. Does that be interesting? Seriously, think he could win one state against Biden versus Trump? Are you kidding? I, I mean, let I, I, I would. I just. I pray to God that there will be a debate between Trump, Biden, and RFK Jr. I pray to God. Biden that is not would be, be the greatest thing. There, that would be the greatest thing. Extremely unlikely there would be a presidential debate. People are already saying Biden has the absolute perfect excuse. Trump didn't have to show up for debates. I don't have to show up for debates. I don't think there's going to be any presidential debates. So, and unfortunately, Trump played right into Biden's hand with that. Not going to be Biden anyway. I'm sorry? Biden won't be the candidate. Well, you're so sure. Does Biden, okay, let's ask it differently. And we're going to ask our constitutional scholar, the eligibility to be president of the United States is 35 years old, natural born citizen, unless your name is Obama. And that's it. Those are the only two, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. It does not say you have to be alive. You have to be born in the United States, but it, it does not say, say you have to still be, be alive. alive. Okay, where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. I'm just saying we could elect him to be president when he's dead. And then I guess you'll say, well, then automatically the vice president, then we'll have Kamala. It would be hard for him to take the oath if he was dead. Not impossible, but hard. Well, you could get AI or something to do it for him. (laughs) I mean, I'm not sure he'd be able to take the oath right now. If if he's reelected in a year. Have you seen Weekend at Bernie's? Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> but I mean, he's in pretty bad shape talking. They, about the thing is, they don't want Kamila. They want somebody else. So they've got, they have to replace him. They're running out of time, Mike. They're not going to replace They're not. Him. They're not going to replace Okay, so Mike's on the they record. Are. They are, Ed. You're going on the record that they're not. Not going to replace him. I mean, if, if he has a stroke or something, of course. But I mean, if, if, if he just waddles along like he... He is now. Uh, they're not going to replace him. Adam, you want to weigh in on this fight? Um, 
I tend to agree with Ed. I, I don't think they're going to replace him. I think that he serves exactly the purpose that they want. He's malleable. He's controllable. Um, I think the only thing that might lead them to replace him is if Mother Nature forces them to. Yeah. Mother Nature is going to have to go pretty far to force him to. I mean, he's dying. Because other than that. Well, I mean, if if he has a stroke or a heart attack or something that puts him in the hospital for a while. Um, That didn't stop Fetterman. Fetterman was really not in any shape to be senator. And he still won and he could barely remember. He couldn't listen. He couldn't hear anybody when he when he became a senator. He was not. He seems to be talking better now. But am I am I just seeing uh, curated clips or am I is he really getting better? You trying to say he's better, man? Oh, come on, Mike. (laughs) No, but seriously, if Biden had a stroke and was very, very unhealthy, that does not stop him in any way legally from still being president. And you see from Fetterman that they have no problem doing that either. That's true. So, all right. So we got two against one. I'm not going on the record because I'm just not sure yet. All right. That's fair. I think that there's a lot that even though it's getting late in the game, I still think that we don't know what the contours of the election are going to be about. I think there's still a lot that's got to be decided. Yes. And the news cycle changes all the time. I saw this quick headline. Britain warns West is running out of weapons to give Ukraine. I mean, at a certain point, there won't be any more, right? I mean, the United States are saying we're not replenishing our supply, if I'm not mistaken. What happens when the world wants to help Ukraine, but literally runs out of stuff? I'm shocked that this war has been going on for like a year and a half, and we haven't increased our production on things like artillery shells. Is that weird that we seemingly is it Is it me? Or, I, you know, because you think we might have factories. They might have workers. Do we buy our artillery shells from China? There's no point of the military industrial complex to keep war going so that we can keep making money, making arms. And yet we don't seem to be doing that, right? It's beyond me. What would Teddy say? Yeah, that that is confusing to me. We're not replacing it. How can that be? And what are we thinking? But seriously, if the world has nothing more to give them, then all the politics in the world isn't going to change. It has to come to an end. Allegedly, Russia went and bought 10 million old artillery shells from uh, North Korea, of all places. Uh, maybe they did. I don't believe anything that North Korea says, that's for sure. But, I mean, maybe they did get some old artillery shells from North Korea. I mean, has the war moved in the last, let's say, three months to just pick a number? Not very much now. Is it coming like earlier. World War One right now? It is exactly like World War One, and except they have drones. Except they have drones, right? So they shoot each other. So drones. anybody who moves gets picked up by a drone and artillery. Is and how, doesn't Putin have the power to end it? I mean, if he really wanted to crush Ukraine, can't he? He doesn't have the manpower. That's his he problem. has the manpower. So not look, across an eighteen hundred mile front. No, this could go forever. Then, sort of like World War One. Frozen war, yeah. No, it could go way longer than World War One. Could go for thirty years. But they're going to run out of stuff to fight with, right? Yeah, then they'll use sticks and stones. Sticks and stones. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody in the world would have predicted that we're, what, 20-some months later. February is two years. Neither of them are particularly good at using air power. Um, and that that is something that the United States is extremely good at. So I, I don't, you know. I, I think the pressure will be for, I mean, you've got an article that they're, there's pressure now because no one wants to sign up and join a woke military um, that a lot of people are floating the idea of bringing back to draft. Um, and of course, that. The, Is that out there. Oh, yes. And then there's uh, there'll be increasing pressure for the United States to intervene directly. Because it's only the U.S. that has the air power that can sort of de decisively engage the russians so more meat for the meat grinder uh your sons and daughters be drafted in the military but then also um you know the aircraft now i want to say this very delicately but the posters to attract young american males to fight for ukraine kind of make themselves don't they i don't think we're recruiting young american males anymore <laughs> Yeah. Is that delicate but, enough? Good. Okay. So who are we recruiting? Just not young American males. We're recruiting because the same. We're recruiting the same people that uh, Gavin Newsom was recruiting for Senate. Yeah, precisely. It's unbelievable. Now Millie's gone. Who took his place? Who cares? No, no, no name. Yeah. Well, they could I mean, yeah, Millie was particularly bad, but they're all bad, so who cares? They're all the same. You could have, you could, they could all be clones. This could be the Clone Wars, like from Star Wars, the Clone Wars. They're all like clones stamped of one another. Okay, so for the historians here, how long has it been since that of the Joint Chiefs was actually a military person? Well, they all came up through the military. Millie came. didn't become totally, totally politically oriented, totally co-op. Um, That's Israel's problem II. for a long time, is as you get very- World War II. World War II, is you get co-opted at that level. Right. Which is very- scary. I mean, World War II, they all, all, before World War II, they all had the political generals in there and, and, and uh, they all got, you know, they got fired. And people who knew how to fight got put in their place. But even then, you know, there were, all sorts of uh, politics behind the scenes too. So, and it was Millie who did that China thing, right? Indeed, called up China and said, I "I'll protect." Don't worry, you. we're not going to attack I, you. I'll let you know. How again? How in the world did he get away with that? Trump was not paying attention. Trump has this uh, adulation for generals and. Uh, admirals and the military and whatnot. And he just figured that if it's a general, then wow. Uh, it happened be a, in the last, what's that? Last, days, last week to 10 days of his presidency. What was he going to do? Uh, fire on the spot at the very least. You could, he could do anything. He's commander in chief. He could I take agree. I don't disagree with that. He should have fired him on the spot. I mean, that isn't that like the most heinous thing ever done by somebody at that level? Overtly, like that we knew about? Did you ever see the the meme that goes around that shows General Eisenhower and he had like you know 
two or three ribbons on his chest. And then Millie has this. Yeah, I it's did like see the that North. One. Yes. It's like the North Koreans. Have you ever seen the North Koreans like the the general staff of North Koreans? They have mm-hmm. they have medals not only that fill their um their jackets, yeah. but they actually go down their legs. And of course, none of them have fought in a war since 1953, which means none of them have ever fought in a war, but they have these medals that go down. Well, you know, in the modern U.S. Army, it's exactly that. Everybody gets a participation trophy now for everything they've ever done. They wear them proudly on their chest. And Eisenhower, you know, helps win World War II in, in Europe. And, and he has like, you know, three, three things on I mean, the whole thing is just, it's, it's completely broken. They need to, and, and, you know, there were like six to eight four-star generals during World War II. I heard that now there's 44 or something. Yeah. They're like 50 four-star generals now, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It needs to be slimmed down, put it that way. It needs to be slimmed down. Is anybody, we're talking, some of the candidates are talking about, I mean, they're not going to do it, but talking about cutting Washington down to size. Is anybody talking about turning the military heads in a different direction? I think DeSantis has mentioned it, but I, I again, with DeSantis, it, it, he's just running the worst campaign in the history of the Republican Party. I mean, I agree with Ed that that he's a, he could be a great candidate and he could be a great president, but man, what, what, how, how has he screwed up so badly? I just don't get it. You know what I noticed in the last debate that we didn't really get to talk about it. He, he has, he has the same problem that I think RFK Jr. has. And that is his voice is kind of weak. And in those free for all yelling matches, DeSantis can't seem to get his, get a word in. And I think it makes him seem less commanding. And I contrast him with a guy like Chris Christie, who I don't like and I don't think has any chance to win. But when Chris Christie wants to talk, he can talk over any of them. Tim Scott can too. And that seems like an important trait for, for a presidential candidate. And RFK Jr. doesn't have it and DeSantis doesn't seem to have it. And I don't think that either one of them can really learn it. Ed? With all due respect, I think what you're saying in a very nice way is that the conservatarian exchange on the Liberty Block is the perfect prep for going on a presidential debate uh, stage. Why? We don't talk over each other. We do. We shout each other down. Come on. I I thought our society thought masculinity was toxic. So you're saying because their voices are maybe a little more effeminate that that's going to hurt them? Not effeminate, not bombastic, gen- not. I, it, it wasn't a gender. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't a gender thing, Mike. It was uh, just lacks command. Yeah, I mean, the president needs to be a commanding voice. You know, Chris Christie. No, that, that's a completely trait. disqualified. Chris Christie is not presidential material, but his voice is presidential material. He speaks authoritatively, and and he puts his foot down, and he he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And if he if you don't know, if you haven't been paying yeah. attention, Chris Christie could look like a pretty good or could sound like a pretty good candidate. Chris Christie definitely has always had some good political qualities. OK, yeah, he's a, he's capable Abilities. of projecting that he believes what he's saying and what you're saying, I believe. Sure. No, not just no, no, well, it's it's a it's an audible. It's it's a sound thing, not a content thing. 
Well, not know, sure. uh, one follows from the other. I, I, I think it's just interesting that this is the only takeaway that we have at this point from last week's debate. I mean, I realize it was right after the show last week and a lot of other things have happened in the intervening time, but uh, it seems like just it was a total non-factor. Well, does anybody want to talk about Haley's voice? Nails on I, a I don't know. to me. Kind of like Hillary, no? Yeah. There was a great picture of uh, Kevin McCarthy as he's voted out wearing a big uh, Ukraine flag on his lapel. I, I think I think Ooh. Nikki Haley Nikki Haley isn't a brown candidate. She's a blue and yellow candidate. And I, I think that uh, the Republicans just aren't going to um, aren't going to elect her at all. I think she has no chance whatsoever. I think we're all tired of um, wars that can never be won. Um, and uh, because they're never, you know, they're never the right war at the right time with the right forces for the right things. You know, it's all, it's all, it's all fake and, and, and it lies and fakery. And, and uh, I, I don't, I don't think, I think Nikki's number two in the polls now, um, but I, I don't know where that support is coming from, to be honest. Right. Well, nobody understands the polls. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the polls are all fake too. But that that you know, is it is it just? It's like how do you get data in a sea of of fakery? I don't know. Well, lies, damn lies, statistics, as they say. The only other story I just wanted to mention, as sad as it is, is. Koyar, who I believe is a half-decent congressperson, at least regarding the border, was carjacked. Yeah. And it's like, how many congress people will have to be mugged before somebody wakes up? That's scary. If you guys ever been mugged, I haven't. But it's a pretty scary thing. No, I would, I would try not to be mugged. I mean, but your it's, life is literally on the line. It's I, very difficult to be mugged well, when you sit in your basement 24 hours a day. But that's right, Biden is safe. The carjacking scared is, several is, times. You've been mugged? Wow. Yes. It's scary, right? Yeah. So, you know, why isn't Congress more up in arms about it? The state of California has eliminated cash bail due to a judge's order. Well, they're just catching up to us in New York, right? Right. Exactly. And it's the same thing. Isn't right. another I'm sure, doing I'm that? Sure Isn't DC Illinois is trying to do it? What's that? I think Illinois is also doing it or trying to do it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to t I don't want to tell you. I mean, if you're going if you're not going to make it so that people have to show up for their trial, then people aren't going to show up for their trial, and they're just going to. I mean, I I see story after story, uh, fights, violent crime, this this uh, social justice activist. Uh, Oh, the New one York killed? Was, was stabbed <laughs> yeah. uh, to death. Um, and there was another social justice activist CEO in Maryland who um, she's she's this little woman and she's sitting in her lobby of her apartment building going through a mail or something. And big black dude comes and knocks on the door. Please let me in. And of course, because she's uh, doesn't want to be accused of being a racist. She uh, she lets him in without you know have him having a key card and uh, and rapes and murders her and leaves forty minutes later and uh, but she was not a racist. 
That's yes. what they're putting on her gravestone, isn't That's it? That's going to, yeah. She was not a racist. I mean, anybody who lets in any five foot three inch woman who lets in giant scruffy looking man, black or white, um, into their apartment building who happens to go in the elevator with you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I hate victim blaming, but give me a break. That's, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And this, this guy in New York, we've all seen the, uh, the videotape of him, uh, getting stabbed to death. And, uh, you know, he, they went up to this crazy guy. They went up to him. I mean, when you see crazy guy, you cross the street, you go to the, or you turn around, you go the other direction. Crazy dude means change direction. Don't go up and say, oh, what's wrong? Why are you behaving crazily? Can I help you? You don't behave that way. And, and it's, it's a mental illness that you just, it, it, he was like 20 yards in front of him being crazy. And he was like, oh, let's just go up and ask why this crazy dude is being crazy. And, and he gets stabbed to death. And it's just, it's just stupid. I mean, who, who are their parents? I mean, how, how, did they get, how did they grow up to be adults and not know when you see a crazy person, you go in the opposite direction or you cross the street, you just don't go up to them? That's I don't get the subject it. for a longer day. Guys, what didn't we get to? Last round, go. Um, you know, there's one story that caught my attention this week from the sports world. I just found interesting. Um, I don't know if you guys have been following the Trevor Bauer saga for the last couple of years. You remember Trevor Bauer was a pitcher on the Indians when he became a free agent. Uh, the Mets and the Dodgers were throwing all kinds of money at him. He signed for some crazy like three-year, $100 million deal with the Dodgers. And about midway through the season, there were accusations of sexual assault thrown at him. And, um, you know, since then, he's been out of baseball. Uh, initially, you know, baseball, to its credit, does have this program about domestic violence and sexual abuse. And it is laudable to a point. Um, but they're supposed to have like a seven day window of investigation or something. And anyway, it got to the point where I don't know what information Major League Baseball, the commissioner got. But after a while, Bauer was actually suspended for over... 300 days like 320 something days like the worst Full seasons the worst suspension ever handed down by major league baseball bauer later went on to fight that and got it reduced but this week his lawsuits and everything got settled um, he was suing the person that was accusing him of sexual assault and she was suing him uh, and apparently bauer took to twitter he did a video and he said that there was basically evidence with withheld during his initial trial um they found the metadata and everything and he released the video of him actually in bed with the accuser at a point in time when she was saying he beat her up and she was should should, should have been black and blue and bruised all over her face instead she's selfieing herself in bed showing him as he's laying there sleeping with like a blindfold on and everything and so to make the long the text story, messages, yeah, there were text messages where she was basically saying, I'm a whore and basically ad admit admitting to basically being a gold digger and going after him and having targeted him. So after two years, more than two years, I think of this going on, he's basically, as far as I can tell, he's been vindicated. He didn't do anything wrong. Now, there were some other accusations out there against him as well, but 
he never got charged with anything as far as I know. At, at this point, there were only accusations. So I'm just troubled by the fact that it's guilty before being proven innocent. That's what happened to Russell and, Brand. Yeah, and, and, and I understand Major League Baseball and the Players Union have an agreement. And again, it's the policy they have is to some degree laudable. But I, I find it just troubling that somebody could lose their life. Now, he was probably paid to. So I don't want to want to I'm pretty sure he was still paid while he was on administrative leave. But nonetheless, I don't you know. know. He was playing in Japan. How could he play in Japan if he's getting paid by an American team? Because the Dodgers released him. Okay. When he got when he challenged the, the suspension of 320 something days and it got reduced, he was reinstated. And then about a month or so later, the Dodgers released him. So he was free to do whatever he wanted to do. But I, I just I, I'm troubled by the fact that somebody could lose their lot their livelihood. You know, the thing that they do for a living. And then to turn around a couple of years later and basically find out. God, it sounds like you didn't do oh, anything wrong. That, that wasn't government. But have you read our fearless leader's book, Presumed Guilty, with a forward by Ed Maslis, J.D.? <laughs> no. But should. Had, it's an yeah. excellent book and it's actually going to be updated because it's actually worse than, than what it says. Did you ever hear the book, The Respondent? It's like him, some famous dude in Hollywood who found himself on the wrong side of a divorce case and like overnight lost everything he had in his entire life. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's his, writes about his shock of how in the world could this happen that I lose my livelihood, my job, my friends, my peers, everything just because somebody said one word. And now I have to fight for yeah. years and years and years to get it back. That's Johnny Depp, uh, Amber Heard in a nutshell. Right. I can't remember the guy who wrote The Respondent, but it's this. Yeah. It's very scary because it could happen to anybody. Yeah. I mean, it's scary. I mean, listen, I, I don't know if Bauer was careless in the way he was conducting his, himself and his life and putting himself in positions where something like this can happen. But on the other hand, I'm thinking maybe that, that could really happen to any, it really any can rich person. Anybody. Yes. And even not rich people. Yes, it can happen to anybody. But, you know, for him to lose two years of his career, having to sit on the sidelines... I don't think there's any justice in that. Ed P. Well, you uh, sent an article earlier today where Cuomo was saying that, uh, oh, no, I never I never locked anybody. Down. Oh, I can't take those <laughs> articles are ticking me off. Oh, my God. Yeah. We, I never locked did that. down. Cuomo didn't lock. Nobody locked down. No, right. that was it was all voluntary. It was all yep. voluntary. We yeah. never we never locked anybody down. Um, mm -hmm. And and you can see. You can see the whole the public, um, or at least the susceptible public, being gaslit about the mm -hmm. the COVID lockdowns right in front of our eyes. Right in front of our eyes, um, we can see the gaslighting going on by right. um, the politicians, and it just it infuriates me no end that people can't even remember what it was like three years ago. Like it's just three years. We're not talking right. about World War II here. We're not talking about the Civil War. This is three years ago. You can't remember. There's the only lockdown? a couple of scenes I remember from 1984. And the one that sticks out the most is the price of chocolate has gone down. Let's celebrate. <laughs> it's so, so scary. And I had another story here in the notes that in Mike's uh, home state, a lot of hospitals are going back to mask mandate. It could come back tomorrow and then we'll just flip the script again. 
So. Oh, and did you see? I'm sorry. This is the other best best part. Uh, the Nobel Prize in Medicine went to the two of the people who um, helped develop the mRNA technology, and uh, that was in the vaccines. And they accepted their uh, their Nobel prizes with masks on. <laughs> yeah, which is it's like okay, so that does it work. Or, or doesn't it work? Because if it works, maybe you shouldn't have to wear a mask. But if it doesn't work, maybe you shouldn't have to, you know, get the Nobel Prize in medicine for inventing it, right? But no, that was, this complete incongruity was yeah. was pretty much lost on everyone at the Nobel Prize ceremony, um, which is, is genius, really. I, I, we, we do live in clown world. Do you remember when the emperor's new clothes was absurd? Yeah, when it, when it was a, a children's uh, that, parable. That, you know, about... I, I, it's really, that's where we live. And, yes. and then... I think the story that we didn't talk about, we properly didn't talk about, and that was the debate last week. We alluded to it towards the end, but it was such an awful performance by all of them. I, I think the only thing that was missing was the, the children's table and the food for a food fight. It was just an awful performance, I thought, by all of them, notwithstanding Tim Scott making one good answer. And DeSantis made some good answers himself. But as a as a group, I thought they embarrassed themselves. Could awful. we get Simon Cowell to do to do the moderation now? Because uh, somebody, somebody just I told you, to, were, I told you, you were better off watching AGT last week than the debate. <laughs> the moderator more entertaining. was awful. And, and I mean, I know Stuart Barney is is actually excellent, and I like Stuart Barney. But the two women that were on that stage, I mean, I love women, but geez, they were awful, absolutely awful. And they didn't; none of them controlled the the candidates. And I can only conclude that the the RNC wants it like that. I and want a cage match or something, anything that's entertaining, but. The idea that you're going to give 60 seconds to someone, so it's like, okay, the deficit's really bad. Your answer in 60 seconds, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like the Lincoln-Douglas debates only only for morons in, and done in 10 minutes instead of um, Well, the Lincoln-Douglas debates were like hours long. Hours <laughs> long, where they talk to each other like human beings. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's the whole thing is just, it, it, if there are no presidential debates, as Steve said, um, you know, good, good for America. Well, I mean, if you remember right before the debate started, Tucker Carlson interviewed them all at the Iowa fair or someplace in Iowa. And he did really good substantive interviews of all of them. And I think that would be just as well, maybe even better. I mean, they don't need to answer each other. They need, they need hard questions thrown at them, period. And, and maybe one-on-one -on -one interviews would be better because, it gives them a chance to explain themselves, you know. Um, you know, the, the, Tucker Carlson was the one who got Mike Pence to say, you know, I'm I'm not here for America. I'm here for Ukraine. You know, I, they can say they, they can say things that uh, mess them up. Yep. Yeah. Well, as purported host of this show, even though I'm a co-host. You guys all have explicit permission to invite any of these candidates onto our show at any time. Terrific. Hey, your son was in the same room with his like arm around uh, uh, Ramaswamy. He had the same Ramaswamy and one more, I think, and Tim Scott. He was with all three of them. 
He should have asked them when he was right in their presence. Yeah, well, you know what he said? Because he said what I said. They give you about three seconds for a picture, and they want nothing to do with regular people. So yeah, I know. said before. Okay, with that, we will close off for today. We will be back next week, regular time, regular day. Please send feedback to the Conservatarian Exchange at libertyblock.com. Have a wonderful evening.